Hey, it's Garen here. Inflation keeps rising. There won't be a better time than right now to replace the roof following the storm damage. Let the Shamrock team treat you to a free inspection and will replace the damage with the best roof at the best price. One call does it all at shamrockroofer.com. The show that takes you home. The Home Stretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome into the Home Stretch, ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com, and Facebook Live, live in studio on a beautiful Monday morning. Todd Lebo in studio with us. Dylan Michaels behind the glass. Is it Monday morning? Please don't tell me it's Monday morning. It's Monday afternoon. Is it now? Because I've been here too long if it's Monday morning still. Well, I just woke up. I've been on a bourbon tour for the past six days, so... uh, You've been what? On a bourbon tour. You've been on a what? A bourbon. Where were you? Louisville. Hmm. Not Louisville. No. Louisville. How do you pronounce the capital of Kentucky? Louisville or Louisville? Frankfurt. That's right. That's one of my favorite jokes as a, as a kid. And you're a smart boy, so you got it right. Of course I'm a smart kid. Dylan was going to say Louisville. Uh, Dylan was about to say it, weren't you? I like how he looks like he's a member of 311 back there. I don't know what he is. Looks like he's just going down to the docks to get a shift in. It's a combination of he's about to pull out crabs from, from yeah. the sea and also a guy catch. who's... Whose favorite, whose favorite city is Portland? Or, or he's just about to get beat up by Batman. By ba- yeah, in the sixties. Yeah. I just show. clocked out actually, so this is uh, you're good. This is my other job. Whole thing smelled like a like a shrimp boat coming <laughs> in here. It's good. How what? was the bourbon tour? It was good, man. It what was, was your tastiest thing. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, so I went to three. I went to Woodford Reserve, mm-hmm. and I did the entire tour there. So I went and, and did like the hour and a half long. They take you, show you the behind-the-scenes stuff. a little taste of the clear stuff before it turns brown. Uh, we, get a, then, we get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Woodford Reserve is beautiful. It was gorgeous, outstanding. That's my is that go-to. That's actually in Versailles. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, it's pronounced There's Versailles. There's a Versailles, Missouri. I, I, uh, we had a really good guide, and the guide is a Kentucky boy. Local. Big old beard. Yeah. Great dude. And he goes, yes, it's Versailles. Ain't no palace in Versailles here. He goes, you you don't call it Paris in America, do you? You call it Paris. So we call it Versailles here. And I go, all right, that's pretty good. Uh, But he gave us uh, a great tour. It was awesome. And with Woodford, it's interesting. They don't have a certain time frame it sits in the the barrels. The The barrels, yeah. Because some of them stay on top, some stay on low. It all depends. They have the master distiller mm-hmm. come around, and when it's ready to go after, let's say, four-plus years, whatever it is. He takes a sip. They take a it's sip. Ready. It's, it's ready. ready. It's ready. If it's not, it's not. I go, that's incredible. From What happens when such he dies? A lo- well, Chris Morris was the, was the guy, and he's done it for a while at other places, too. Now it's Elizabeth McCall. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm recalling yes. this information. It's very intriguing. I, was, I, I love bourbon. So this is very fun for me. So where'd you go next? Then we went to Buffalo Trace, You're which right. Buffalo Trace also has, you know, Weller's, Eagle Rare. Um, they have a lot of stuff. They, yeah. they have, but Buffalo, Buffalo Trace is probably the most common. And just to show you how uncommon Buffalo Trace is, because I think most people who are into bourbon are like, yeah, we love Buffalo Trace, but it's hard to find. Right. So I go, when we go here, it's about noon, one o'clock at this point. No, maybe it's two. They sold out at 10.30 at the distillery. Really? 
because it's reasonably priced and it's yeah. great, great product. But even at the distiller, they run out of their own product because it's so popular. Right. But it was it was cool. See, is that in Louisville? That one is not in Louisville. That one was not quite Shelby'sville. That may have been in Frankfurt, or at least close to it, because uh, Versailles was a far one away. There's a bourbon trail. Basically, right. the, the highway goes along it, which was a great idea. And what was the third one? We went to a the newest one on the trail, which was in Shelbysville, mm-hmm. which was called uh, Jepta Creed. Jepta, Jepta Creed. I don't know how to pronounce the I, name. I've seen that, yeah. It's a new one. Yeah. Uh, frankly, did not like the original one they made. Mm-hmm. But they may have had my favorite bourbon I tried of, of any place. Was it a Jephthah as well? It, it was a Jephthah, red, white, and blue. I'm in a, I'm veterans. In a bourbon algorithm on TikTok. I've seen uh-huh. lots of bourbon on yeah. TikTok. They have I've one, seen that. Is it a green with little Jephthah something? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, that, you probably looked at the rye. They also have a bottled and bond, and then they, um, the red, white, and blue one was... Incredible. It was made for, for it veterans. It like America. It, it did, though. It was incredible. It, like it was smooth. You, Lee Greenwood's in the background saying he's, he's proud to be an American. Every sip you take. Now, did you drive this? We drove it. Did you spend some time in Indiana? Did I see that you were playing trivia in Indiana? Yeah, you did. Is this your same bar where you almost got beat up last different time? Bar, okay. Different bar. Different bar. Same town? Yeah, yeah. Slightly different town, but same area of the country. So we stay in southern Indiana. It's just across the river. New Albany is basically Louisville. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Ohio River, I believe, is what yeah, separates it. It's the one. So we're looking at it from one side. So we stay just it's on its way to the yeah. Mississippi. It's on its way to the Mississippi. Yes. So we stay in Scotland. Did you win trivia? No. No, 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 we didn't. It was me, my girlfriend, my cousin, and his girlfriend. Still and- just a girlfriend? Yeah, still just my girlfriend right now, but uh, who knows? You know, maybe you soon. Know. Yeah, you never know. How much of this Jebediah Creek I'm going to drink? Just, well, she drove me, too. She was a sweetheart. She yeah. was my, my DD because we drink responsibly. Yes. We drink responsibly. Only way to drink. Um, but we did trivia, and it was a blast. It was a great mm-hmm. time. And I feel like I knew some some answers, pulled some out of my, my ass. I didn't mm-hmm. know I was going to pull out. Pulled out the Roman Empire and Ottoman Empire for one. There you Felt go. pretty pretty proud of myself there. Good job. Yeah. 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 Felt pretty good. I was like, okay. You're now, here. Now, now we're cooking. Come on, Blue Valley Education. Come on, baby. We know what recall. we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, good. That sounds like a good trip. Yeah, it was great. Uh, besides the drive down. Is it rain? We drove down time? on Wednesday. Yeah. It legitimately rained. The second we left our driveway, not before we you left our get driveway, in front of the storm. we couldn't get. We had to stop for an hour uh, in. Oh, where was it? Uh, Fulton, where oh, yeah. the Drake is from, right? That's where the uh, was Iron born? Curtain speech was made at Win- Westminster College, Fulton, Winston w- Churchill. That would have been a good trivia answer for w- you. That would have been a good one, but we stopped just before we got to Fulton because good thing we looked. All of a sudden, we start seeing semis pull off because they have the the weather radar going, yeah, right? You don't want to be involved in this. And we look, my girlfriend looked it up. Tornado warning. Not a watch. Warning. warning. Tornadoes warning. in the area on I-70 in Fulton. Right. So we had to pull off, stop for an hour. So if you would have left an hour before, you would have probably been fine. But you probably were late because you were fixing your hair or something. Or? We left at a pretty good time. We had to drop the dog off at my friend's oh, house, my boy's dog. house. He had, a, he had a, you know, make sure he... Was okay. First time not staying with us or one of our parents. So, mm-hmm. big deal for the you. Left the little guy alone. Left, left the little with guy a stranger. alone. With the stranger. With Chewy or Nubs. Yeah. Was your friend? <laughs> yeah, 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 one of those. One of those guys. One of those guys. Squelch. Uh, and it was fun, but we st- we got stuck in that for an hour. Then we get to Illinois. Now let me tell you, I have never seen roads as bad anywhere as I have in Illinois. Worse could- than Missouri's roads? 
Oh, not even close. You, you, Missouri is the golden god of roads until you get to Illinois. Like that's what it looks like. Kansas is great. Indiana's great. Missouri's like okay, not not, not ideal. You Illinois, go, no good. You go from St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. to St. Louis, Illinois, East St. Louis. I you stop anywhere in East St. Louis? Got four cracks on my windshield. Really? From that rocks? drive from rocks and not even close to cars. Like not, I'm I'm not tailgating. Tailgating. I got a massive one. The roads are that bad in Illinois. I was I was furious. Did you stop anywhere in East St. Louis? Surprise, surprisingly not. Surprisingly, I did not stop. PT's Dream Girls. No. Oh, we could have stopped. We could have stopped at what's the one? The the one guy, the famous dude who had the big one out there in St. Louis. You know what I'm talking about. Nah, it's your time frame. Come you on. You. <laughs> I've only been to PT's Dream Girls and Roxy's. What's PT? What, what's it stand for? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but it's PT's Dream Girls. We used to go there. On the way to the Indy 500. There you go. Nice little stop. Oh, a nice little stop, huh? A little stop. Have a little little show and a so, dinner so, afterwards. Something to wet your whistle. You get a little 3 a.m. hot dog on the grill outside. Sure is delicious. The best. Sure. You ever have a bad hot dog on a grill outside of a gentleman's club? Well. The answer's no. The answer's no. Of course you Dylan have. Dylan's shaking his head going, yeah, hey, you never had a bad one back there. Never. 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 But we yeah, make it. Good. We good made trip. it there, and of yeah. course, the second we get to Indiana, what happens? Sun comes out. Stop. Well, it was nighttime because it's yeah. eight-hour driving, losing hour. But it stopped raining. And I go. This is. You got to be kidding me. It's good though. But besides that, great trip. Had the a lot of fun. Water didn't come through your cracks in the windshield. It did not. Uh, brought home a lot of bourbon. A mm-hmm. couple of uh, Buffalo Trace cigars because they're out of bourbon. Bottle of beer for me yet? Gosh, dude. Will you remind me before I'm on air at the station? It's more fun to do it this way. Yeah, I get it. It's it's yeah. fun for you. <laughs> That's good. It was good. That's a good trip. Good to see you because I was in Arizona. You last were in week. Arizona. How was that? It was great. It was great to get a, a look and a little conversation with all of these new Royals people. Really uh, excited by all of the new people in charge out there. You know, Matt Quattraro, Brian Sweeney, impressed. Paul Gibson, we talked to on the air. Paul Hoover, these guys, um, really, it's a different feel than the old Royals. Even from Mike Matheny, because when Mike Matheny was brought in, uh, the the feeling surrounding the, the hire initially, I think, was negativity with Mike Matheny because of what his track record was in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But then I think early on, he won over a lot of people, including myself. Matheny really won me over within the first. Couple months of his of his tenure tenure, especially in spring training. Right, yeah. he, he said all the right things, but the results never necessarily added up. And they had a pandemic. And D- all that. Does this feel different spot. from from different. even Mike Matheny? Yeah, I, I think the way I put it, maybe even said this to you last last week. You know, Ned Yost was um, he was downright kind of against using some of the data that's out there. Yeah, he fought it. He would say, yeah, they give me a lineup every day. The analytics guys send a lineup down. And I look at it, and I fill my lineup card out with someone else. Yeah. With Alcides Escobar batting leadoff. Because his analytics were, we win games when it happens. Sure. That might just be they're a really good baseball team. didn't matter who they put first. I don't know. Yeah. So he kind of was against those things, begrudgingly was shifting and doing those things that everyone else was doing. Mike Matheny, I think – when he was in St. Louis, was kind of against a lot of those things, but realized if I want to have a job, I better get into this thing. So he was kind of like fresh case study, you know, went to the JUCO online course of analytics or whatever, 
and tried at it, but he was also kind of lost in the Dayton Moore. We got to win every game, you know. Yeah. He never would kind of rebuild or anything. And I don't think these guys are saying we're going to lose games, but I think they understand they're in a process here. But they are they are true believers in this. You're not going to have to convince them, like people would maybe have to try to convince Cal Eldred that certain data points mean something. Yeah. These guys are true believers. They're in. They're in the the cult of data or whatever. They're they're in on the game. So for for people, I'm not saying like you, but a lot you like a lot of this data. Sure, a lot of people like this data. I, I don't think it's the end all be all, but I but I definitely but enjoy gotta, looking at you it too. Got to be a part of it. Yeah, and I think I think they had some pitchers who liked some of this stuff, but weren't getting the 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 like reciprocal value back from the club on it. And now I think they've got a real good back and forth with the players and the organization on what's important, how to present it, what to take from it. And I think that will help them in the long run. Because some teams don't need this stuff because they sure. just got talent for days. Of course. Well, the Royals need every advantage they can get. I think it's fascinating when you look at some of the older players, even Brad Keller, right? Brad Keller, originally when pressed about analytics back in the day, very much saying, no, 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 it's not what we need. And, and then now you look at him now, and he's like, well, there was a whole other opportunity out there that we never really saw. Well, he's running around with a five-and-a-half ERA last year. And, and now and it's about time to figure out if you're any good or not to get paid. Sure. And, yeah, so he's. I think he's ready to, to draw a curveball. Well, and he, and he or, went the, the sweepers, what they're mm-hmm. calling it now, for, for when you're facing, I think, uh, righties, so it goes away more. And then you're facing lefties as a right-handed pitcher, it drops down more. Right. Like, there's certain things that the old regime uh, was very fixed, where it felt like the whole thought process was just keep the ball down in the zone. What's that, and now, is, like is Chris Bubich, I don't know if Chris Bubich has been any good or not. Okay? Sure. I don't know, because he's running around with a five-and-a-half ERA, too. Okay? But Chris Bubich is like he's going to throw a slider this year, and he'd never done that. And the way – I think the way – I think it was was uh, Brian Sweeney put it. It's like this kid's been dreaming about throwing a slider. Now he's going to do it. So yeah. I think I'm not saying that he tried to throw it, and they said no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, or what? But I think they're encouraging them to try lots of different things, get out of their comfort zone, because whatever was was comfortable for these guys was not working. Correct. Not all of them. Brady Singer found his way. Now he was a little bit reticent to try some things. They tried to make him have a third pitch, and he didn't want to have a third <laughs> pitch. And you know what? Now he enjoys. Stri- he said that to Serenity. Like you know, he likes striking someone out. With his changeup, yeah, it's it's a good thing for him. So they, I think they've got a nice mix of people who are have turned the corner. I think Brady Singer's turned the corner. I think yeah. you'd agree he's turned. I, the I, I would, I would say he turned the corner. And then some guys who I think Daniel Lynch started to show some signs last year, maybe getting better. Maybe he can turn the corner. But like Chris Bubich and Brad Keller need something to turn the corner. They they need it. They they've got to find something. I think Jordan Lyles turned the corner last year with Baltimore. Enough to get himself a two-year deal. Sure, he's going to eat some innings up. They got a lot of different things going out there, and maybe those things will work. So far, the results have been good. They've scored some runs. Um, yeah, three. But but it's spring training. I, I'm never going to get excited about any of it. Because you know why? Because the they, Royals are the before. best spring training team. They always of, score runs. They are. Training. I saw someone. I, I forget who posted this. Uh, they are the the Chargers in football, the NFL yeah. in spring training, where it's always they're Chargers. They're the team. They're the team. It. Then the regular season comes around. They're not the team. Going back to Chris Bubich really quickly, David Lesky has done a great job in the past um, looking at what makes Chris Bubich when he's going right. 
It's actually fastballs up in the zone. Mm-hmm. When he throws 94 or faster, he, he's really good. And it's not saying that's a dominant fastball by any means. 94 in today's Major League Baseball, that, that's an average fastball. But it's not keeping the ball down like the old antiquated way was always saying, well, just keep the ball down in the zone. Well, today's hitters, a lot of them like the ball down in the zone. Based on their swing path, mm-hmm. they have the uppercut almost. They can get that low ball. That's what makes Mike Trout so impressive, so so impactful. So I think it felt like the old pitching coaches, the old system around here was, well, just keep the ball down. Yeah. It was so 1980s, so 1990s. Uh, you need to know some guys, are you You want to keep it down on some guys, and some guys you don't. Yeah. And they've got so much data out there now. They know what everybody is looking for and what they're doing. Now, the, the idea is to be able to command putting the ball where you want sure. it to be, and but but having the, the know-how to get it there when you need to be able to. I mean, that's, you know, they all know what a good pitch is. Sure. But if you can't do it, Execute. you can't do it. Yeah. That's why some guys make $40 million, and some guys don't. What else about spring training, or at least being down there, stood out when you were had a chance to talk to the, uh, the new well, staff? I think, I think there's just a – they all seem very smart. Not to say the people who were there before weren't, but they seem very baseball smart. Not that they're like, hey, we know how to do this, but like it's just different kind of ideas. And they seem very open to talk about them. That's cool, too. I think there's some real energy with a lot of these young players. You know, like Ben Intendi was not some old guy, but he was not some young guy, not part of their deal. Whit Merrifield was kind of turning into an old guy. I mean, Hunter Dozier is kind of an old guy now, but he's, he's like – that's the old guy. Salvi's there. Yeah. But the, but they've got Zachary. your <laughs> Michael Massey's, Nate Eaton's, Bobby Witts, you know, all these – Vinny Pasquantino, Nick Prado, a bunch of young guys running around there. There's no Michael A. Taylor hanging out anymore, eating up time. Now, it, the disappointing part was that Drew Waters looked like yeah. he was going to have the chance to be the center fielder. And he's got an oblique. And he's not going to be ready for opening day. I, I can't. Think. I can't. I've already hitched my horse to the uh, Drew Waters train, just the way I hitched my horse to, to Mondesi. So yeah. I can't wait to be wrong again. Mm-hmm. But I think there's just some real young energy there on the offensive side that's pretty good, and maybe some of that'll rub, rub off on. You know, Hunter Dozier's here. He's got two sure. years left. I mean, he's going to make seven million dollars this year, nine the next, and he's got like a one year option that they'll have to pay the name. So he's got like $17 million coming, whether you want, sure. or you like it or not. He's going to sit and go play third base. That's what they're going to do. You go try to play third base. And then later in the spring, they'll maybe put him out in the outfield or whatever. But they're not going to. I think they, they like first base with Pasquantino. And if, if Prado can be good, they like that. And I think they want to have more athletic people out there playing outfield. Sure. So, uh, you know, including Dozier, he, when I talked to him, I think he felt like he had a pretty good season in 2019 when he basically played third base. So sure. if he can get himself comfortable and that can help him when he's at the plate or whatever, because I mean his his war last year was like minus 1.4. Yeah. That's unacceptable. No. And you've got two more years of that coming. Hopefully they can salvage something out of that. And I don't I don't think the ownership group is wanting to pay some other organization lots of money to have you know, Hunter Dozier on their team, but no one's taking Hunter Dozier seventeen no. million dollars. When, when you're uh, again negative one point four WAR last year, your OPS plus was ninety one. League average is a hundred, so you were nine percent yeah. worse as a batter. You're not known for your defense, right? You so, got it. You got to improve. I, he's a nice guy. I like him. great guy. You know, I want him to do well. 
maybe he'll get comfortable and he can help him at that spot. But I, so I, I had a good feeling about the enthusiasm there, and that was before they played any games. I'll tell you what, I don't care about the games or how many runs they've scored or any of that stuff. I know you're an old man at heart. Yeah. Maybe you hate these new rules. I'll, I think the pitch clock is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Max Scherzer, of all people, came in and says he likes he, – he says it's a – the power to the pitchers now. Because basically you, you can say get in to the batter's box. The pitchers can dictate the game according to Max Scherzer. So mm-hmm. it's not just going to be one of those things where the older pitchers are up in arms now, about he's it. He's got tons of talent and confidence, so it's good for him. I think most of these guys, it's the old think long, think wrong. They should just pitch the ball. Yeah. Okay? I think it's fantastic. You sit there and watch these games, and it's 15 seconds between pitches, 20 seconds if there's a guy on base. You're not in the box. It's a strike. You're not ready to pitch. It's a ball. And I know that people were mad. They're, whatever, Saturday, someone, it was a walk-off strikeout because the guy wasn't in the box. I can't believe this. Does anyone want to see the World Series? No, it's not going to end that way because in the World Series, they will have all been trained yes. to do what they're supposed to do. Yes, this is new. Look at the times on this. I looked this game up today. So I'm going to tell you these numbers. I have it, I have you, it in front of me right you, now. But I want you to tell me how long this game should last. There was a game that was 10 to 8, 18 runs in the game. Okay? There were, I think, 14 walks. And like, I don't know, 16 strikeouts, and there were like 29 total bases. That's a four-hour game. Yeah. 306. 306 for that game. And a lot of these games, you're going to give me the numbers. They're, yeah. they're 230, 215, all those. But, I mean, like a long game with almost 20 runs scored was 306. 306 is a 4-3 to three game last year. Yeah. And I'm not saying we don't need more baseball or whatever, but what people want in baseball is they want to see baseball. They don't want to see people standing there, picking the rosin bag up, mm-hmm. looking into the dugout, figuring something out. They want to see baseball. And that's what it comes down to is, again, you mentioned I, I'm an old guy at heart. I, I, I hate a lot of changes, but this one, again, is a good change. It's not taking away baseball. It's taking away the things that aren't related to baseball. If you're it, getting the exact same number of outs. Uh, Yes. You're just getting it faster. It'd be like almost taking away commercials in the NFL. You're it's not, like watching, uh, like you listen to a podcast on one and a half speed. You're getting it done faster. You're getting uh, all the information. That's different because you don't have the same, uh, we put our heart and soul. Oh, sure. Come on now, sure. Lebo. Dylan, you used to pitch. Did you like pitch clocks? Uh, I don't think you would notice it after a bit. Like some days you feel great and it really doesn't matter what tempo you have or, you know, what time you take in between but then there's guys that i have to take 30 seconds no matter what in between every pitch and i have to step five steps to the right and i have to go it's up 15 now way. son yeah, <laughs> yeah get in so there it's like those people are the ones that are going to be mad well they'll get trained the that, i mean you just got right. to adapt and overcome sure it's, it's like, like a nfl every year when they come out with a defensive anti-defensive penalty that they're instilling you gotta adapt to it everyone cries about it they're still trying weeks. to figure out how to tackle a quarterback what was it this year it was the uh who was it? Was it Thibodeau in the preseason that got chopped or something? Oh, okay, right. Thibodeau, yeah. Freaking out. Went, well, how can we play football? And, and it never what happened. What happened? Never happened again. Never, never worried about it again. So I, I love the pitch clock. The bigger bases, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they'll have some, some data at some yeah. point in the season that there's been more stolen bases or whatever. I'm intrigued by that a lot. Now, I'll tell you this. Like, the, the beauty of baseball was there are all these bang bang plays at first base, right? There'll still be bang bang first plays. They'll just be different ones. They'll be yeah. the ones that are three seconds closer yeah. or three inches closer. They, I mean, it is what it is. 
right? So th- those will be there. It'll take us a while on the shift to see what effect that has. I, I think there's going to be less impact from the shift than most people think because it's not completely banned. You can still go up the middle, which was the majority of the hits taken away anyways. You can still do well, there's that. There's no rules about moving your outfielders around. I mean, I, I could see a spot where you get a big pole hitter. Softball. And, and you, you run your left fielder over to right field. It, it, it's the softball. And have your third baseman like run backwards. Rover. I mean, they're, the they're, rover. They're, they're, the rover just has to be an outfielder, not an infielder. Yeah. So it, you know, someone is devising a way to beat the shift. Correct. Because that's what everyone always does. Well, that's that's what every team's job really is, is, is how can you play inside the rules but stretch the rules to give your team an advantage. But I, I think that the clock is outstanding. And, and no one goes to a game saying, what was your favorite part? Yeah, when the dude got out of the batter's box three times to fix his gloves. Yeah. That when, when the pitcher kept sitting there with the rosin bag shaking his, rule, his head. There's been a rule for, gosh, I don't know, eight years or so. That if the if the ball is pitched and you don't hit it, you're supposed to stay in the box. Sure. I mean that's been a rule, but they haven't ever enforced the rule. But now there's a pitch clock, so they will enforce that rule, and they will enforce it strictly to start the year. And it'll be, you know it's, remember last year was it last year or two years ago when they had to check the relievers for the the oh the, yeah what was the stuff called spider attack spider attack yeah that is it's going to be these big things and you see these guys come over pulling their pants down check me okay you ever if you're at the, at the game now you watch the guy walks off and the umpire comes over stands and it's just like a little yeah and it's like it's not a thing anymore yeah they were using they've already started using last year the little calling the pitches with the wristbands did you see grinky today what he say grinky had it switched grinky had the one where he could buzz no, what pitch was going to be thrown because MJ Melendez was behind the plate. And so Granky, the veteran, wanted to have the control basically telling MJ Melendez what pitch was coming, right. which I thought was fascinating. Sure. So I think, again, they're finding new ways mm-hmm. with what they're given to make each other comfortable. If this like, makes Grinky more comfortable. And you're Chris Bubich. Salvi pushes the button. Sure. I'm Zach Grinky and you're MJ Melendez. Zach pushes the button. Correct. I like that. I, I thought it was very fast. I found that on Twitter. I think it was from uh, Andy Rogers. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool. I, I, Grinky's a, such an interesting cat, you know. And he really, I don't, I mean, listen, if I had made $300 million. You wouldn't be here with I me right now. No, you would, you would not be here with would me Would right I now. be with the Royals? I mean, he's making like a fifth as much money as he made two years ago. Mm-hmm. But he's doing the exact same job. But I think he, he also loves baseball. He does. He loves it. And he loves he loves this new stuff especially. He loves I, – I was I was walking um, you know, out there on the fields or whatever, coming back, and Zach's walking out. Brad Keller's walking in. And, and Keller's like, what are you doing? And Zach's like, I was in there looking at the video, the slow-mo. I'm watching my release on the four-seamer. I mean, he's, he's 40 years old. He's thrown how many pitches in his life, and he's in there in spring training watching one little baby thing on the slow-mo on his release at a freaking live BP. That's what he's doing. So he loves it, right? And um, hopefully things like that rub off on these guys. And he's gifted, okay? A lot of guys can't do what what he could do, but I think he's a wonderful example now of a guy who, who can't do what he used to do. You know, he can't throw the ball 97 miles an hour anymore. But he can still get guys out. You know, someone said, I can't remember who told the story. I think it was on the air with us. It might have been Boobich or Lynch or something like that. But he was telling the story to these guys. It was like, 
well, yeah, I used to do this back when I was good. I did this. And there, you know, three of these guys had an ERA a run over his last year. <laughs> and he, he thinks he's no good anymore. Yeah. Because he's not what he was. Sure. You know. Well, yeah, when you won a Cy Young, yeah, we had you like realistically should have you know, won a second like a, one with the Dodgers. A barely two ERA. Yeah. You know, and even last year, his ERA, like I said, was like four. Yeah. It was like league average. Serviceable, or, yeah. Yeah. Better than all these guys who were yeah. younger. And uh, he's like, well, back when I was good, I did this. And they're like, huh. Wow. Yeah, how, so he was no good last year. What's that how, us? Yeah, how disheartening is that to hear? Yeah. yeah, when a dude who has three pitches at eighty-six miles an hour. Yeah, and, make and, them all look and, the same. And you can also still see the the drive he has in game. I know he's not a strikeout pitcher anymore. I think part of that comes from he wants to go longer and last longer into the game. He understands weak contact can be the best type yeah. of of, uh, of pitching. But you saw at times when he needed. A strikeout. Oh, one, yeah. he, he could still find a way to get a, to get him out. And I, I thought that was so impressive at his age with his stuff. He still has that that drive, the competitive nature to. I am not letting you beat me, even though I throw eighty six miles an hour. I think it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, here's the number from the spring training games. Okay, we obviously can't do regular season of spring training because regular season games they're going to go longer than spring training games. Uh, the average of spring training games last year was 3 hours and 1 minute. Mm-hmm. Average of spring training games this year 2 hours and 38 minutes. It's, it's 23 minutes. 23 minutes. Yeah, the, the numbers from uh, minor league baseball last year was 22 minutes. That was the difference. So that's right on par with what that is. I think this is good for baseball. Mm-hmm. It's it's not taken away. I I do agree when people are like, don't don't make changes for people who are never going to get into baseball. I- I'm with you, but this is for people who love baseball. Oh, I love baseball. And who and don't I was want dying. to watch dudes just sit there messing with their. I love baseball. It's hard runs. to watch a whole baseball game. Now, listen. Last year the Royals weren't very good. It's hard to watch a sure. when the, when you don't know who's going to win the game or you yeah. know who's going to win the game before it starts. But just the enjoyment of the game is better when there's something going on. You're sitting there watching college basketball games now. Okay, so you watch a college basketball game, and there's like a timeout. Are they doing like three-minute timeouts? It's so long. You know what people don't want to see? People sitting around doing nothing. And that's what baseball was turning into. It was sitting around doing nothing. And I think it's bad for your fielders. Dylan, when you, when you were working, your fielders were on their toes when you worked fast and things were going well. Yep. If you sit there and you take your time, all of a sudden, you know, ground ball to short, and the guy's like, oh, he's not paying attention. You know, and he does the wrong thing. It keeps everyone engaged. You know what you're going to have to do? Like these people running the TV, they're going to have to be better too. Like uh, yeah. you want to show a replay of something, you better have it ready Quick. to go. You know, because there, there's only a few seconds between pitches. And it's kind of the way like no huddle football sure. changed. Like you're watching college football and you get these teams that would speed it up, uh, like Texas Tech or something yeah. like that. There was no time to show a replay between plays because you go up there, oh, they already snapped it. Or, or color commentary. You, you can't be like, you got to snap it This up. dude back in high school. So, yeah. None of that, yeah. So can the uh, manager, I don't know if you've already covered this, can he still stand at the top of the steps with his hand out waiting for, like, replay, basically? Like, can oh, they when, still when, do when that? a replay happens, question, yeah, there will be. I think they're trying to make that happen. But I haven't watched enough in the spring training to see how replay really works. I'm honestly a fan of they're trying to have, make it faster. Well, how about you have that 15 or 30 seconds to to throw mm-hmm. the flag anyways? I it's almost like in the NFL, you know, when the receiver has a questionable catch and you run to the line of scrimmage, make it more difficult. Make it do it. But I, to Levo's point, that's going to make the 
people you hire need yeah. to be a whole lot faster. Oh, yeah, your bullpen coach, whoever's your replay guy, like for the Royals, is Bill Duplissa. You're going to have to be on it, man, because you only got a little bit of time. Now, most of the things that happen um, are after it's a play has happened. So there's 30 seconds there between batters. So it's not quite the thing. You're not going to review a pitch, you know, so it's going to be in between in between batters. But, yeah, you're going to be good at all that stuff. You have to be better, quicker, more efficient at everything. And the Royals, you know, we're out there. They're doing live VPs. They have clocks on all of them. Trying to get them in the rhythm. Get them in the rhythm. Of doing this. Did, did you have a chance of seeing Zach Grinky with the, the pitch clock on him? Because he's someone who I've seen in the past be slow. He's He's been fast I didn't watch him with it. Okay. Um, but, I mean, he, he'll adapt to anything. Yeah. I think when he goes slow, it's to mess with people. Sure. But as, Zach, as uh, Max Scherzer said, now you've got the control. Maybe he'll just go the other way. I mean, it's be fine. So, so can you start your windup, but it goes as slow as you want after that's started? Well, if you start the windup, he has to start before the zeros. So yes. if you want to do some really crazy, weird, slow lineup, Wind up, yeah. The rules are, okay, so you're watching the game, all right? There's no one on base. Pitch is thrown, ball one. The umpire throws the ball back to the pitcher. When it hits the pitcher's glove, 15 seconds starts on the clock. Okay. It starts going down. The batter has to be in the box in the first eight seconds. Nice. So he can't just walk into the box. That's the best. Yeah, because if he walks into the box with two seconds to go, Strike one. How, how many? Uh, and then, and then oh, the how pitcher, many holds do you get? How many? You get one hold per at bat. I think is what you get. You could, and and okay. the, the the umpire, it's his discretion whether he grants you time. Sure. So I was watching a spring training game yesterday, and a guy asked for a time, and they're like, "Well, there's his there's his uh, timeout. They granted it. That's his one timeout for the AB. Sure. So uh, that'll that can re, kind of restart the clock a little bit. But the pitcher, if he starts his windup at one second or zero. It'll be like watching, you know, play clocks in the NFL. Sure, so delay like, a game. time or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, they'll they, yeah, they restart play clock. Yeah. But, you know, they start it and then pitch. And here's what Vinny, like, told me. They use these things in the minor leagues. And he said, I like it. He likes the pace of play. So you hit a pop-up. Let's say you hit a towering pop-up down the – it's clearly foul down the left field line. Don't get caught watching that thing and see if it hits the popcorn guy because the umpire may have already thrown a ball back to the pitcher. And then the clock's already started. Wow. So don't get set watching something that's going down. You know, if it's clearly foul, forget about it. it get yourself locked back, back in because you never know when they're going to steal it. Now, one thing I also noticed, like, uh, let's say a ball gets scuffed or something, and, you know, they hand the, a new ball to the catcher, and then the catcher throws it back. Sure. I'm sure the catcher could buy a second or two before he throws look, the ball take, back. Taking a look at yeah. it, just um, rubbing it but up. The, uh, the pitcher, when it hits his glove, that's when the clock starts. 20 seconds if there's a person on base, 15 if there's no one on base. In between batters is 30 seconds. Did you see any extra box being called? or Because what I looked at when they were looking at the rules, they've already been rules on box, but they said they're going to try and crack down more. For example, Kenley Jansen does a little thing where he gets mm-hmm. set, then does a little butt will get set again. Uh, they said they're going to start calling Luis yeah, we'll Garcia. We'll take us a little while along to see to see how that goes. Like Luis Gar- Garcia is rocking the baby. The cradle, yeah. um, I'm intrigued by Johnny Cueto. Uh, what's it? Uh, Nestor Cortez. So interesting. Like I was sitting there. I got home Saturday, or I got home Thursday. Whenever I was home, and I was sitting there and I was watching some some of the spring training games, and I was telling my wife the rules. I'll have to tell her 14 times, <laughs> but eventually I told her the rules. And so, like on my. Um, my DVR from last year, I had like one game on there. It was like a White Sox Royals game that was on FS1 or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just going to go back and kind of look. So I just kind of shuttled forward, and Johnny Cueto was pitching for the White Sox. I just kind of shuttled forward. It's like the fourth inning or something, and I just watched in at bat. And I'm like, first pitch was like 
17 seconds. Next pitch was whatever, normal. There was a, a, a foul ball had gone off. Come back. Cueto gets the ball. It looks like he's about to throw it. Now steps off, goes to the front of the mound, gets a little thing. 34-second pitch. And that's pretty common with Johnny Cueto. He would take his time. So those guys who are used to doing it that way, they're going to have a rude awakening. Briscoe had a good one. There was one guy who they said it was like over two minutes in between pitches. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if you can run a Kentucky Derby it's in between uh, two pitches, that's too long. Yeah. That, that in today's world, could be a, a walk. Sure. That, that could be four that's balls. Four, that's four balls. Yeah. yeah. Done. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here. ESPN, Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. Lebo still with us. Washington releases quarterback Carson Wentz after one season. What a shock! What's that going to cost them? Uh, move saves Washington oh, twenty six million. Okay, good, good for them. Twenty six million. Would it have been better to cut him after June one, or is it better to cut him now? I don't have that in front of me. Remember when they switched or traded two third round draft picks for Carson say, Wentz? The better idea was to never do this in the first. Place. And everyone knew this because, like. For at least for me, when he went to Indianapolis, I go, all right, I think I could I could see giving him another shot. With the guy who brought him in, it was Frank Reich. I was like, okay, I can see this. I see how it makes sense trying to take another look at Carson Wentz. After his stop in Indy, I go, he's done. Eric Benamy came in and said, no. I'm taking <laughs> this one job. Tape. I'm taking this job. I don't want this person on my team. Yeah. If I if I am your new head coach, or if I'm your OC. What, what is it, will Carson no. Wentz be on someone's team this next year? Yes. As Holding a, a clipboard. Third stringer? Yeah. Third string, second string. He'll get paid. He was supposed to get paid like $20-something. He'll, he'll get paid. It's going to be dollars. Carolina or something like that for $3 million. You know he is. Maybe be a chief. Gross. They're looking for a new Henny. Yeah. You know for a fact Carson Wentz is going to get a job somewhere. You just know it. If you if you were drafted top five as a quarterback. Do you know who the Chiefs' next backup should be? Chase Nick Daniel. Team. No. Blaine Gabbert. No. Drew Locke. There you go. Younger. <laughs> I, I'm with you. Younger. Or it's going to be Shane Bouchelle. And the reason why it's Shane Bouchelle is they, they – I don't know if Andy's ready to give a guy who's never they, taken a snap in the NFL They prioritized Shane Bouchelle all season long. You don't prioritize a third-string backup quarterback unless you have plans for him on your team in the future. That's my two cents. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How long I, has I'd Andy Reid been here? I'd prefer Drew Locke. Yeah? I'd prefer Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, I don't need Gabbert. Anyone who went to Mizzou. Matty Mock, come on down. I don't think he's – well, Matty Mock's available, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, Wentz is probably at the end of his rope here. There's a lot of guys who were – Kind of there. He's there, um, and they're, they're, they're available. Now, Derek Carr is not at the end of his rope. No, Derek Carr is maybe the starter. best quarterback on the open market. Um, Unless you consider Aaron Rodgers still being available. Baker is a f- overall number one pick who did a couple of nice things to the Rams last year. He'll get a job. Maybe got himself a chance to get a job somewhere. I wonder if Carolina there just aren't a jobs somewhere. You know, there's just not a lot of places out there. Like, uh, what's going to happen in Seattle? 
Are they going to probably Gino? Gino Smith? But I mean, is, is Gino? Is, is he? Did he prove himself enough where someone would say we want Gino to be our guy? No, no. The Raiders aren't going to go give us Gino. He's going to beat Mahomes. No, it's going to be if if I was a betting man right Carson now. Carson Wentz to the Raiders. You want, you want to hear my? Would that be awesome for us? For Chiefs fans? Yes. The betting man in me says Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders, Devontae Adams, good weapons there, and then Derek Carr to the Jets. That Why may, won't Aaron Rodgers to stay in Green Bay? It feels like that uh, there's a rift too big to to bring back together. There was a bridge. The bridge is gone. You're not jumping back over that over that chasm. Yeah. You're going to give Daniel Jones $45 million? No, he'll probably get franchise tag, and then I assume sign somewhere in the $30 million, $35 million top range. Because let's be real here. You have Daniel Jones in the open market. Who is giving him anything over 35 No one. Well, someone might because they've given. I don't think so. How much money did Deshaun Watson get? Deshaun. How much Wa- money did Kyler Murray get? It, it, Kyler Murray is more talented. You know this. Do I? Deshaun Watson was more talented. That was, but that was known around the NFL as just asinine. But that's just a going rate for these quarterbacks. It's like forty million dollars. If you're elite. Yeah. No. Not for Daniel no, Jones. It's just what it is. How much money did Kirk Cousins make the last four years? He's making $35, $40 million. Kirk Cousins Guaranteed has the money. greatest agent of all time, though. That, that's the difference. He's got baseball contracts, and they're Thir- guaranteed. 35 mil for one year. That's not 40. No, but what did he make the last five years up there? It's all guaranteed money. Let me take a look. Let me, let me take a, the old look-see here. Take the look-see. Spot track is a little slow. Yeah. But, I mean, he's he, he's never – he played two tag years at Washington, right? And then he's played, like, five guaranteed years. It's insane. It'd be sick if this would load. It'd be great. It's just – I have the. Don't you just have this? The washing head? machine in front of me. Well, I just check it myself. Well, sorry. <laughs> I thought we had better internet connection here. This is kind of your thing. Is it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, he made thirty-one in twenty twenty-two. He'll make thirty-six in twenty twenty-three. But it's guaranteed money. It's not this fake. Yeah. Give me. I'm making. You know, I have an eight-year, $90 million contract with $38 million guaranteed. This dude, and, and no one in the NFL has really followed suit a lot. I mean, Deshaun Watson's contract is almost all guaranteed, and everyone hates that, right? Well, he, he if you are an owner or GM in the NFL, how furious are you that that guy got almost all guaranteed? Because Lamar Jackson, that, that's been the biggest holdup with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Everyone has pointed a lot to Deshaun Watson and I think what all the owners and teams are saying are, yeah, but we're not the Browns. We're not dumb. <laughs> right, you see, you see who the Browns owner is going to buy in the NBA now? No. They're going to buy in the Bucks. If I was a Bucks fan, I would say, please, please Mr. No. Haslam, do not buy our team. Giannis Antetokounmpo is gone. If he takes over, there's zero chance. Kirk Cousins made guaranteed money in Minnesota 26, 28, 40, 21, and 40. Dude's made two hundred one million dollars. Doesn't suck. And he made had those two contract. So you know he was a fifth rounder or fourth rounder. Right? They drafted two guys that year. Fourth rounder. Him and RG three. So he made eight hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand. Then they had to put the tag on him. So he made nineteen million dollars. They had to put the tag on him again. He made twenty four million dollars. And then he went to to uh, the Vikings and goes twenty six, twenty eight, forty, twenty one, forty. He's got thirty coming this year if they keep him. It's, it's it's insane for just a guy. 
There's nothing special about Kirk Cousins. He is Dak that's Prescott. Just, that's just, I mean, how much money has Derek Carr made? What's he done? He's made good money. My point is. How, how many, what, the, which was your favorite the, Derek Carr playoff moment? The point is, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, the three dudes we're talking about right now, they're all better than Daniel Jones. I don't know. Daniel Jones in the playoffs, wouldn't he? You're, oh, is it just a QB wins stat now? That's, that's what, what you, you go by? No, I wouldn't give Daniel Troy Jones Aikman's kind of better than Mahomes because he has one more Super Bowl. That's what you're saying now? No, Troy Aikman hasn't won more Super Bowls than Mahomes. His career's not over. The point is, you know a better quarterback when you see it. Justin Herbert is better than Daniel Jones. I remember when Derek Carr signed that contract that he signed, where he made a lot of money. Not the one he just signed last year. They only got one. The year. one that got voided. Before, I'm like, I'm like, this guy's just a dude. But that's just the going rate for, for quarterbacks. But there's only – I'll agree that the just a dude talk, but of the just a dudes, there's maybe only ten of them. Let's be real. Cause less than I think you have, what, let's say five elite – 10 just a dudes, that's 15 quarterbacks, and you have 17. Really well, just a dudes. 10 below average. Well, or they could be really good, but they're on the first contract. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild game, man. Teach your kids to play quarterback. Yeah, any other position, you think you're, you're, you're yeah. leaving money on the table. Before we go to break, let me ask you this. What would you do with Legereus Snead for the Chiefs? What would you do? This has been a big topic on Twitter, big topic on all the forums. You still Le- got one year? Do you extend? Do you trade? I think I extend him if he's amiable. I'm the same with all these guys. He's got a year left. Chris has a year left. If you can get them to want to stay here, which they do want to stay here. Sure. Um, And Legereus Sneed, listen, he's performed at a Pro Bowl level, but he's not going to get Jalen Ramsey money. But he'll get over, I'd assume, Traverius Ward money. Possibly. So you're talking about— Is he a better player than Traverius Ward? More versatile. I, yeah. I'm, I'm a massive Traverius Ward fan, yeah. and if you look at the, the numbers this year, I know a lot of Chiefs fans like to have some revisionist history. Not saying everyone does, but some like to pretend that Traverius Ward was a bum or he was fine. just a guy here. I think Traverius Ward was a very good player in Kansas City. You look at his numbers in San Fran this year, and people like to point to when he got burned by DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Sorry, one bad game does not translate to a bad season. Ward had a very yeah, nice he's year. Fine. He, he, he's fine. I think A lot of numbers out of his top ten. I would like to see... Uh, Snead extended. Um, they don't have to do anything. You know, they they can just make him play under this. You can do that. And I would like to see them figure out a way to get Chris Jones locked up for a few more years. And that's up to Veach and the guys to see if they can calculate that and make that work. I'd like to see Snead on this team. But here's what you know about the team. They just won the Super Bowl with four dudes out there playing. I mean, the, the young, cheap guys out there playing along with Snead. And, you know, Justin Reed, who was kind of cheaper even than, than Tyron Matthew was. Sure. So they, they like their young players. And that's what it comes down to is, do you think, even as good as Legereus Sneed is, is the money worth it with the ability that she's have shown of developing young, unheralded rookies, young dudes, undrafted guys? He is one like of Javarius. them. He's he is one, one of them. them. Yeah. If you can do it so well, do you need him when you can get draft have capital? Have they paid a cornerback ever? Uh, not since what Brandon Flowers. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about like Scott Pioli times. No, has John Dorsey, has Brett Veach paid a cornerback? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't. No, think. I mean they gave Bashad Breeland like a year. Um, you know, Kendall Fuller, they let go. Yeah, 
Traverius Ward, they let go. And so it, it does. They don't do this. I know we have to take a break before Dylan comes over here and tries to wrestle us. Uh, like we're he's going to take us out of the water. Like we're just some shrimp over here. Uh, but Ryan says, "What's nice about Snead? You can see him on the blitz, and usually he's productive. Yeah, I'm with you. The, the versatility he, he, he presents is incredible. But again, the Chiefs have done a nice job. They found a way with Tyron. They found a nice way with uh, Legarius Snead, who says they can't do this with Trent McDuffie, with Joshua Williams, with Jalen Watson. Jalen Watson. They're, they're, they're so good, Brian." So we'll see. Quick break. Home stretch here. ESPN Kansas City. I guess this really should be the theme of this final two segments don't worry be happy but it didn't matter the, the Chiefs won it they had the Chiefs won the week. Super Bowl so it doesn't matter what, what happened for Legarius with Chris Jones all I know is two years ago they had $170 of cap money couldn't they, buy and, a PS5 PS4 and they re-signed Patrick Holmes and Chris Jones that offseason you couldn't buy a GameCube so they'll figure it out they'll figure it out they'll figure it out and the, and the, the biggest part of that is they have the greatest half-billion-dollar contract in the history of sports because the guy who they signed it with wants them to be good. When I go through this list very quickly, because I know we don't have a lot of time left. What Dylan says you got extra time. What stands out to me is none of these guys, and no disrespect to these guys, they're not necessarily make or break for, for Kansas City if they're back or not. You would like to have some of them back, mm-hmm. maybe even most of them back. But it's not like without these guys, the team is going to crumble. And that shows how good of a job Brett Veach and this team has done surrounding Patrick with talent, young guys, rookies. And here's the list of Tommy Townsend, Turk Wharton. Those are the two restricted free agents. Right. right? I think you'd like to have both of them back. Sure. If, Tommy Townsend especially. But are you going to make him the highest punter in the NFL? No, probably not. probably not. They cut Dustin Colquitt, who was still having a fine career, mm-hmm. over a million dollars. Yeah. Over a million. Don't know they make Tommy Townsend number one. Uh, Turk Warden. He's on IR most of the year. Orlando Brown Jr. is the question mark. That's a big question mark. Andrew Wiley's going to get paid somewhere else to be a starter. I can almost guarantee it. McCole Hardman, probably the same thing. Probably gone. Uh, Judas Smith-Schuster, he's a good player. Yeah. I wouldn't call him a great player. But a really good player. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the Chiefs are going to break the bank. They didn't break the bank for Tyreek Hill. Oh, he's probably. I don't think he did enough this year to go break the bank somewhere else anyway. I think wide receiver contracts are going to go the way of running back contracts. Very soon. I'm with you. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, Justin Watson, Derek Naughty, Michael Burton, Ronald Jones, Blake Bell, Jerick McKinnon, mm-hmm. Nick Allegretti, Juan Thornhill, Deion Bush, and Colin Saunders. Of all those guys I just listed, that is the free agent class for yeah. Kansas City. But we're talking about guys like Chris Jones and Legereus Need because they can they can lock them up and help Long themselves. Long term, yes. And that just shows how impactful and how good of a job this team, Brett Veach, oh, has ten, done. Ten rookies playing on a Super Bowl winner is incredible. And you look at the list of free agents, you have 15 dudes out. You might say, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen for the Chiefs? You say, they might be better. Could be. You never know. Lebo, this was fun. Dylan, this was fun. Back tomorrow in studio tomorrow, 3 to 4 p.m. Until then, we are out.